Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Boston Loose Baseball is on Soto Watch. We will discuss the latest on Juan Soto and the Nationals. Plus, we're looking at some of the other trade deadline options the Nats could be moving. And they actually did make one minor move involving acquiring an outfielder from the Brave system. We're covering it right now on the brand new episode of Boston Loose Baseball. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Grant Paulson, Danny Rue, producer Darius Dameron. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball. What's going on, Danny? My friend, let's do a quick inventory check or a quick status check. It's now 12-15 on Monday, the day before the trade deadline. I thought if a trade of Juan Soto was going to happen, it was most likely going to happen over the weekend. I've now gone back to my original, original, original thought that a deal may not come together here in the 11th hour. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm kind of changing my mind based on the hour, so to speak. I mean, look, I've always kind of thought if it was going to happen, it was probably going to be close to the deadline. You know, you and I talked ourselves into maybe it happening on Saturday or Sunday a few days out because... Teams want to get this deal done so that they can move on and do other things. But we had a couple of plugged-in media folks, including former GM Jim Bowden, come on our shows, either this one or on our DC show, Grant and Danny, and say that if they were making this trade, it would be at the last possible minute, right at the horn, because they're going to spend every second they can trying to get teams to up their offer. So I really, I guess, am not going to allow the fact that nothing's happened yet to change my opinion. I was 60-40, it's not happening, kind of all along until the end of last week, our last podcast. I, I 
finally swung the pendulum to it's probably going to happen, like 53 to 47. And, and I did that because Jeff Passan says it's an 80% chance, because Tom Verducci thinks it's happening, because Jim Bowden thinks it's happening, you know, because all of these folks, like Ken Rosenthal, think it's happening. Buster only thinks it's happening. I mean, they could all be wrong, I guess. I'll, I'd rather be wrong and be on their side than just to oppose the people that know more than me and be wrong. But I guess I'm 50-50 right now. I really have no idea. I will say that I think it is in the best interest of the Nationals if they get a strong offer, a really good offer, to make this deal happen at this point. Because I think if you wait, Juan Soto's value drops off exponentially come Wednesday. You're trading him for a lot less this offseason. And I do think the reality is they're trading him at some point. Whether that's before Tuesday's deadline at 6 p.m. tomorrow, this offseason, next deadline or beyond, I think eventually he's getting traded. And because they're in such bad shape, big picture in the minors and with close to the major leagues prospects, I just think the best case scenario for them, working back from reality, this is not me saying I don't want to sign the guy for 15 years. That's what I want to do. But I don't think that's realistic. So to me, the sooner you deal him, essentially, the better, because the more you get back. But as we talked about with J.J. Cooper on our last episode, which people should listen to if they didn't, you got to clear the bar, man. You can't just get the best offer among the offers. It's got to be the best offer among the threshold being surpassed that you set before this all started. And I think that's where I'm hung up. And again, uh, your your philosophy of a bunch of really smart people that are as plugged in as anybody else in the world have all said, hey, this is going down. And, you know, it's easy to look foolish going against those guys when you mentioned Verducci, you mentioned you know, everyone from, you know, Rosenthal to Jeff Passan and, and everybody else. But my. The reason I'm no longer as confident, and this could look foolish within you know the next 30 minutes, but the reason I'm not as confident that it gets done is that bar you mentioned, right? This isn't just to the highest bidder. Like an auction, an item that is up for auction, non-sports you know, figure division, but like when you go to an auction, if, if it's at that auction that's up for bid, whoever's the highest bidder wins it. Right, whoever you know, if you bid, if I bet a thousand, you bid fifteen hundred, you win it. But if the real price of the thing was thirty thousand bucks, it's too late. That's the risk you run for putting an item up for auction. The Nationals are under no obligation here, and I think rightfully so. They should have an incredibly high threshold. I just don't know how many teams are going to actually want to pay that price with the value that everybody's put on prospects and you know low costs and and, and being able to keep you know uh, uh, enough war points in their organization for you know certain dollar values I don't know that anybody's going to meet the asking price or maybe they balk at it or you don't get the the heated competition with a bunch of teams that can get over that threshold right so it's always the Dodgers are the mystery team they can come in and bid more than everybody else so they outbid you know last year almost a year to the day for Max Scherzer and, and Trey Turner the Padres thought they had a deal in place. I just don't know if you get enough competition here to push everybody over that threshold. So I think the Nats might very well take their ball and go home. Yeah, I saw Jim Bowden reporting that there are three teams that he could consider favorites that were the three teams from the beginning that I've thought made the most sense. And if they're all still in, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and the Padres, and most of the reporting done over the last 72 hours is that San Diego wants to do this. You know, John Morosi, I think it was, from Fox Sports, was reporting that they'd move mountains to get Juan Soto, remember? So I, I wonder almost, I, I guess I should just ask you directly, like, why are you cooling so much on this? You were, you you thought he was getting traded last week. Now you're saying you don't think he's getting traded. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just don't understand what's changed other than that a deal hasn't happened yet. It's that. Well, but people told us it would happen at the deadline. I mean, remember, Bowden came on this podcast mm-hmm. and said, if, it, if I did it, I would do it one minute before the deadline because you're going to get the most back at that point. It went from all the teams are in, 
you know, everybody wants the guy. We could have small market clubs. We could have major major market clubs. It's a chance for you know a team that doesn't have a huge payroll to to you know be in three pennant races. That's worth something. They've all kind of dropped out and dropped off, and it's it's now this small number of teams. And I I just get the sense, and this is again based, is based on nothing other than maybe it's just that I was wrong that it would happen over the weekend, but. I think the trade deadline ultimately is going to be slow. I don't think we have the same kind of you know prospect for player movement that we have in years past. I think people value their prospects too much. It's I think the Nats asking price may be too high. Don't I mean the Luis Castillo deal was was pretty strong. Yeah, it was significant. You're right. In the last several years, I think what you're saying is true. But we just saw a pitcher with one and a half years of controllability traded for a number one overall prospect in a system in Noelvi Marte, who's legit. And and two other guys that are really really good in that system in a four player package, so I I kind of thought when I saw that 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 was a little bit of a separation. I mean to to me what the difference is teams don't give up those players for rentals. Mm-hmm. Like Josh Bell is not going to garner a, a number one or two or three prospect in a system, obviously. But if you can get controllability from a stud, see Castillo, see Soto, I think teams are willing to part. But that's a, I guess another debate for another time. The other thing I would say is this. I think sometimes, and I remind myself of this too, this is not me just speaking for our listeners as much as it's a reminder for me and everyone else. We are acting like every report we see is gospel. And I don't know that that's the right way to do this, to be honest with you. What I mean by that, Danny, is I trust these reporters. I think they get a lot of things right. But remember, we were all kind of running around with every report about how I'd talked to people and heard and had mentioned this and a lot of others, you know, that Jim Bowden, um, I think it was John Morosi, maybe it, you know some of these other guys, were saying, oh, they'll attach Patrick Corbin in the deal perhaps. And they were saying they shouldn't, but they might. And then Mike Rizzo's first public comments on this basically made it seem like that was ridiculous, and anyone who's talking to me will tell you <laughs> we're never going to do that. My point is not to zing or knock any of the reporters as much as it is to say there's a lot of people talking. There's only really a couple people negotiating. And so mm. you know, this idea, and maybe it was the case when everyone was saying the trade was going to happen too, but... Every time something comes out, like, just as an example, you said a minute ago, and, and I was talking about how they're down to three teams. You know, like, used to be a, 20 teams are in. Now it's only three. We don't know how many teams have ever been in, really, yeah. truly. I mean, it could have been 12 teams at the beginning and 11 teams now. It could have been four teams at the beginning and two teams now. We, we're just basing all this off of hearsay, essentially, during silly season. And I do think that's important to remember that, Yes, there's a big difference between people talking to people and everybody else. And so that's why I trust and kind of buy into the Rosenthal's, the Passons, you know, these guys that are ultra plugged in. But I, I do think that's an important thing to remember. And I would say that from a from just a reporting standpoint, the two guys who have maybe the best batting average on all this stuff are Passon and Rosenthal. And they both really think he's getting traded. You know, now maybe they, they've hedged on it a little bit. Where did I saw a tweet from Jesse Doherty. Uh, last night saying something like, I find it interesting that a lot of the national people are now backtracking. Did you see that tweet? Yeah, and that's part of that. I'd forgotten about that, but I knew that had changed my mood as well. So, and he basically said, you know, I've always felt like this may or may not happen. They'll try to do it, but we'll see if they get what they want. What was he basing that on? Because I haven't seen anybody really say, hey, I thought he was getting traded a week ago, and now I don't. What, what was that tweet about? It it was the... It's a great question. Here's my sense, and I've got the thread right here. Like, was there a report that I don't remember seeing where Jeff Passan or someone came out and said, sources tell me the Nationals are now expecting to keep... Like, I haven't seen anything like that. 
I, I haven't seen it either. So if there's something that I don't know about it, it's it's important. So I'll, I'll read the thread for those that haven't seen it. This is from Jesse Doherty yesterday. Interesting to hear national reporters starting to hedge on whether there will be a Juan Soto trade by 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Quick pause. That's what you're talking about. I haven't seen hedging specifically. Maybe right. there's like, some gray, but I don't know. He's saying interesting to see that. I, I want to know what that means because I think they're saying the same thing now they've, they've been saying, in my opinion, which is that. The Nationals are trying to do this. They have to get what they want or they won't do it, but it's very likely they're going to try to pull it off. So he goes on, from the national side, which is the side I know, my sense has always been that the ask would be extremely high and a deal has never been inevitable. Could it happen? Absolutely. But it seems like the conversation around it has gone from this is inevitable to this may or may not go down in recent days. And this is referring to whether Soto was traded by Tuesday. Go back, go back. Read the last part again really quick of the la- the second tweet. But seems like the conversation around that has gone from, quote, this is inevitable, end quote, to, quote, this may or may not go down, end quote, in recent days. So this is what I'm trying to figure out. Where is that? I, I don't see a difference in the tone in the people that I'm I'm citing over and over again. I mean, as you get closer, I think everyone will start hedging their bets maybe because, you know, you, you want to be right or whatever. But I just – I don't know – I, I I keep asking the same thing. Like, of the Rosenthal, Passin, Bowden, like, group that's been aggressive in saying they think that this might be a thing, did I miss something? Where they came out and said, actually, like, the last Rosenthal thing I saw was how desperate the Padres were, right? I mean, the last Passin thing I saw was he said 80% on Dan Patrick's show. So, anyway, continue. So, uh, part three. And this is referring to whether Soto was traded by Tuesday since that was asked. If he's not, then a whole new discussion begins about what the Nationals could do over the winter and how the ownership situation might factor in. Right. Which I think all of that, as is normally the case with Jesse, is on point. I think he's really good and he's sharp and he's plugged in. I just think that's the same conversation we've been having for two weeks. Like, I, I don't necessarily know how. In other words, no one, to, to my knowledge, nobody has said, it's a slam dunk, 100%. He's absolutely getting traded. I, I just don't remember anyone saying that. And the people that have been on record saying they think he's getting traded, I haven't seen any of them backtrack. Now, if I'm wrong, send them to me, at Grant H. Paulson. I want to see those tweets because it'll it'll affect how I feel for sure. But I kind of think what he's saying is actually what has been said for a while, mm. which is, hey, the, the Nationals have a huge ask. If they don't get that ask, they're not going to trade him. Most people have been expecting that they will get the ask who are talking to the teams or whatever it seems like that um, that I follow as in terms of the reporters. If they come out now and say they're not going to get what they ask and, and they're going to take their ball and go home, okay, then, then I'm with you. Then they probably were wrong. But I don't know that we're there yet. Right. I, I guess that was part of it uh, as to why my kind of my – not enthusiasm, I don't even know what word I'm, I'm looking for here. My certainty has gone down, and I've never been certain about any of this. This is all just uncharted territory. I'm wandering but, alone in a dark room looking for a light switch. So that's what I was going to say is, what certainty was there ever? You, I mean, there you never, never was. Yeah, yeah. the closest, the highest I got was like, I think, 60-40 that he was going to be gone. I think part one, Just to, I'm trying to figure out my feelings here because that's what we're doing. It's a therapy session. I think part one was I thought it would happen over the weekend. I thought that would be the thing that got the ball rolling. Uh, with 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 you know kind of every each and all things at the trade deadline right that would be the first big domino to fall when that didn't happen I think that took a, some wind out of my sails and then I think it was Jesse's tweet thread that kind of said well wait a minute now I'm kind of back into coin toss territory maybe leaning towards it doesn't happen I just think is again I think it's really tough to make this happen yeah right I mean I think that's the essential part that I think I may have maybe looked past at, at certain points when I kind of go I, I believe everybody it's going down you know and, and I think now maybe I'm realizing 
This is really tough. A, to meet the threshold. B, to commit to it. C, to just kind of have one of these things that's going to alter both franchises. These kind of trades are rare. And so I think this is the point. You know, I've tried to drive home on every podcast, and I feel like you've done a good job with too, is trades like this don't happen. Mm-hmm. The Herschel Walker baseball trade is what we're calling it because there's no baseball trade to compare it to. It doesn't happen. When you look for comps, it's Babe Ruth. You know, the, the best yep. thing we have in recent memory is over is 20-some years ago or whatever with Miguel Cabrera, Tigers-Marlins, almost two decades ago. And that's not even that good of a comp, to be honest. But it, it just doesn't exist. So, yeah, it, that's why, honestly, all along I kind of said I don't think so. Now, maybe where Jesse's point has some merit is in the last week the tone did shift to, wow, this is really happening. I think with within national reporting ranks, it seemed like if you weren't piling on to say, and this team's in, or and Soto's going to end up here, like you were left out, and, and everyone was kind of throwing their grenades onto the pile of the Soto is definitely getting traded thing. But I think everyone always hedged with this is not a certainty right. that, that they can absolutely keep him if you don't get what you want. I mean, all of our guests on our show I, I know have that they'd like to. My point all along has been the baseball people want to move him. But for me, the reason I haven't been 100% sure or even 60% sure at any point that he's getting traded, number one, ownership's got to sign off on all of this. That's ultra complicated right now with the learners and whoever the new owner is going to be, I think has to be somewhat involved probably, or the potential new owners, I suppose. Then you've got just teams being willing to give up your crazy ask. And you've got to like what they're willing to give up. Let's say they don't give you the six players you want, but they'll give you five of those guys. Or they don't give you the six players you want, but they give you five of them and one random guy. You've got to agree to their offer. So it's just a lot of moving parts, and it's there's a reason a deal like this has literally never happened, to your point. That's well put. Yeah, it's again, it's a, it's a really tough needle to thread. And I guess ultimately another angle on this is I don't want to say I'm I'm disappointed because who knows who comes in at the last minute at the eleventh hour and, and makes a huge offer or whatever. And again, I, I've sat in auction rooms. I, I know hosting the um, Ryan Zimmerman's night at the park event. There's always an auction to fundraise for the Zim Foundation, right? And what'll happen a lot of times? I'm watching the auctioneer talk a mile a minute. I got fifteen hundred, give me two thousand. He's going a million miles a minute, right? And then somebody just sits there, and you never see them raise their paddle until the very end when they jump in to win the prize. Like you never know how how auctions are going to go. Somebody all of a sudden and says, well, this is within our budget. We're going to see how this plays out and then swoop in or not if we don't like the way that the market's shaping up. But just generally, given the reporting, I, I have, I guess, maybe, I don't want to say disappointment, but I, I've been a little bit underwhelmed thinking that this would be that kind of transformative opportunity for your mid-market team or for your small market team, for somebody that is good, that's in competition, that doesn't necessarily normally have the payroll or whatever, that that you know could, could take on this superstar at two and a half years of arbitration, the remaining balance of 17 million bucks, and then a couple years where he will certainly get pay raises, deservedly so, be one of the, if not the highest ARB guys in, in, in league history. But I'm kind of going, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to, to do what the big boys do. And I haven't seen those names in there. It's been kind of usual suspects of big move teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know how much we know again. I mean, I, I can Such tell you. Such a key point. It, really, that's all that matters, I'm, honestly. I'm not Jeff Passan, okay? I, I don't pretend to be. He's a better reporter than I am who's got more contacts than I do. But I feel like generally I, I'm semi-plugged in. The people that I talk to have mostly gone dark. 
You know, they, yeah. they will answer and they will give you a nugget when it benefits them, it seems like. But, I mean, it's harder right now to get information as we get closer to the deadline. Now, I would probably, if I'm only going to come up for air and talk to a couple people, probably rock, talk to a Jeff Passan, too. But my point is just, like, I don't know how much we know. I think the people that are really involved are probably really involved yes. and not spending a lot of time you know, floating things. And so... The, the the meaningful reports are not as bountiful, I'd say, as the number of reports at this point. Less is a little bit more, maybe, in terms of what people are putting out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Long gone! Are you at a point where you'll be disappointed if he's not traded, it sounds like? I mean, he is the the greatest national maybe ever when it's all said (laughs) and done and, and you get another half season at least of this Hall of Fame talent. So getting a half season of him, if that then means he shipped off in the wintertime, doesn't help me. Like, I, I want Juan Soto to benefit this organization the most. The way that I'd be most excited about is if he's retained somehow, against all odds. This, this seems to be an option we're not even considering anymore because I think the ship is more or less sailed. But but that's the new owner coming in yes. and just putting their cape on and flying around like Superman or Superwoman. And and they give the fifteen year six hundred million dollar contract something insane. I would love that. I would, that's my first choice. I think that'd be most fun. I think you just sort of figure out the rest later as you go. Right? Just you get that one right, and then you can just sort of figure out you know your your other pieces, and you've got to be really effective and draft and develop a way a heck of a lot better than you have over the last ten years. But whatever. I'd I'd like to see Juan Soto here, full bred Hall of Famer, Washington Nationals organization, start to finish, statue out front. You know, I want to take my grandkids to to Nats Park. Hopefully, after it's been renovated a couple times and I want to walk by and say that's the one of the greatest players that's ever played this game and there's his statue and it's him doing the doing the Soto shuffle right here right that's what I want won me a world series when he was still a teenager I love this guy but if I work back from the that can't happen club I want the maximum return and that's now that's that's 24 hours from right now basically as you're listening to this podcast that means to a degree, I'll be disappointed. But again, I'm, it, it's sort of tiered and delayed disappointment. Like, if he's re-signed this winter because a new ownership group comes in and it's funny money, great. I'll, I won't be disappointed at all. I, I will sort of re- I'll have my disappointment waiting in reserve, the auxiliary disappointment tank, right? If he's not traded, then we get less over the winter or we go into next spring training with him on the roster and kind of do this dance again at the trade deadline after a few months. I need this either to be maximum return or sign long-term. Right? So, so here's my way of making this make sense, and I think it's a similar way of, of saying what you just did. Soto for a half season versus one of the packages that is being rumored they could get back, right? Give me the package they could get back, and I'm just going to pick one. 
I'll say uh, Jordan Walker and uh, Nolan Gorman, which if they could get both those guys would be awesome. And then um, go with like Zach Thompson and Tink Hintz and you know one other player in the Cardinals, just Mason Wynn or something. Those five guys I'll take over a half year of Soto and then trading him this offseason. Those five guys I would take over a year of Soto and then trading him at next deadline. Those five guys I would take over two and a half years of Soto and letting him walk in free agency plus draft pick compensation. I would take Soto re-sign for the long haul without an opt-out, at least for the first handful of years, over those five guys, right? That makes sense? Yes. So give me the, the package back from the Dodgers, from the Padres, from the Cardinals, over Soto at a half year, Soto at a full year to next deadline, or even Soto at two and a half more years. Because I think that the team has the best chance of being really good faster with this trade than just keeping Juan Soto. Now, I think Soto here with a, an owner who spends right away aggressively, comes in this offseason, makes a splash, two good offseasons of spending from now. Soto goes into his final year, and I think you could be a playoff team. That's a lot of ifs. But I know you could be a playoff team with a couple good offseasons, all those pieces I'm talking about, and then hitting on Cavalli and maybe Henry's helping in the rotation, and maybe by then Brady House is graduating and Elijah Green's knocking on the door. I mean, there's a couple of different paths you can walk here. So that's where I'm on it. But I just I don't see Soto resigning. As I've said over and over again, I'm a broken record on this for, for a long time. So if that is the case, then I'll, I'll go get the package of players and I'll feel pretty good about that. Last question on Soto. Right now, it's being said you can't trade him at 90 cents on the dollar. All right, so track with me for a second. Yep. Rizzo can't trade him for anything less than he wants because you've got the leverage of two and a half more years. But the way I've been thinking about this is if you wait until the offseason, okay, you'll get 100 cents on the dollar. You understand what I'm saying? You wait till the offseason and you get what you want back for him. That 100 cents on the dollar this offseason is still less money than 92 cents on the dollar now. Does this make sense? It does. In other okay. words, less less than perfect now is still better than the best value later. So I just think this is an interesting conversation I haven't heard people have. I just keep hearing everyone say, well, you can't trade him unless you're getting the return that you want. You can't possibly trade him now and not get a great deal or whatever. I think the next couple of months of Juan Soto this year are the most irrelevant couple of months he'll play here. It's a terrible team. They're going to be the worst team in baseball. Frankly, the worse they are the rest of the way, the better for them in terms of moving forward. So just having Soto for two more months, if you trade him this offseason, even if you get 102 cents on the dollar this offseason, I still think it's worse than the 90 cents on the dollar you'll get now. It, It turns into like 87 cents on his current dollar. Let's say. So I guess my point is I, there, there is this conversation that like, well, you, you just can't trade them unless you get five great players or whatever you're looking for. And, and my point is, should that be how we're viewing it or should we view it as even if they do trade them, if their one dollar, let's say, is six legit major league controllable or top minor league talents mm-hmm. and they can't get that, they get four or five in a five player deal. And, it, and we say, oh, that's 85 cents on the dollar for Soto. Well, if it's more than the 80 cents they're going to get this offseason when they get 100 cents on what the dollar's worth at that time, which is going to be less, well, isn't that still better? 
more is better. I haven't heard anyone talking about it that way. Yeah, and and it's it's important to quantify it that way. And I know this is all very confusing. If, yeah, if I don't even know if that made sense. It it does to me. I get exactly what you mean. So l- let me put let me put actual dollars amount on it just to, just to make it super simple. If ninety percent of what you want right now is ten bucks, okay, so you'd you'd like twelve. This it feels like it's getting more confusing. You right now you can Darius, get ten bucks. Is this making any sense? Later, one hundred percent of value is only nine bucks. I want the ten bucks instead of nine. If I can only get a percentage of what I want now, it's still greater than 100% later. Okay, that made sense to me. Yeah, so I get but it. But I, I knew where we're coming from because I, I, I started it. Darius, what about you? You're, I think you're... this is very intuitive. So if you have four cents now, okay. This is just reminding me that I never passed college math. That's all. I leave it at that. It's a great word okay. problem. So there's two trains. One is leaving a city at exactly. 70 miles an hour. Exactly. The other has two stops, and Timmy can't sit next to Susie. No. Are, are we ready to say our goodbyes to Josh Bell? I mean, what a great gnat he's yeah. been. I'm a big Josh Bell guy. Love JB. It's going to be tough seeing him go. What a what a great signing. What a great trade. Again, it's another win. We we our our eye line on Josh Bell was. Frankly, has been tainted because of the first impression. Now he was down in spring training last year, destroying the ball. I mean, hitting as good as he ever has. Got off to that terrible start with COVID for six, seven weeks. So that first impression kind of left a lot of people sort of not really appreciating how good this guy's been since he's since he's really since then. Once he kind of got his sea legs underneath them again, he's one of the better hitters in baseball among the National League leaders and batting average, and had a, a beautiful opposite field home run off a breaking ball uh, the other day to put the Nats up from their lone win over the last six months. Numbers approximately. But he's been sensational. Great dude. Just I, here's what I hope. I hope they trade him, and then I hope this winter they go back and, and get in the Josh Bell business again. Yeah, it'd be nice to. I mean, he's represented by Boris. He'll be a free agent. They could give him a contract and bring him back. Possibly. My guess is there's going to be suitors. He's a Texas guy, so we'll see what he wants to do at age 29 with a family that's starting to grow. But uh, 302 average. His strikeout rate is stunningly low this year. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I looked it up the other day, and I was just blown away. I'm pretty sure he's got a better strikeout rate than Juan Soto's. That can't be right, right? It's. I think that I saw it might not be a better rate because of the games played or whatever, but I'm pretty sure his strikeout totals, like I was just, it was stunning. Eye popping. Yeah, 60 to me. Ks and 371 at bats. That's a show, man. Look this up there. See if he's got a better strikeout rate than uh, Soto. Well, I can year. tell you, uh, 60 60 Ks and 371 at bats for Bell. Uh, Soto, 62 Ks and 341 at bats. So he does. So he does. Like, think about how crazy that is. Think about the beginning of last year. He couldn't make contact. Just swinging and missing. He's got his big 6'4". He's got the long swing, and he's got some holes. But not right now. I mean, he's just had a really, really good year. I hope they get a good player back for him. I was thinking about this, too, Danny. I'm not sure that there's anyone else. This will sound kind of mean. That I'm going to really miss necessarily, or that like Josh Bell, it's going to be hard to to know. All right, you chose to move on from him. I don't know what it says about this team, but well, I, maybe I do know what it says about this. I team. think it's I think that speaks volumes. By the way, it's such a good point because you're 100 percent right. There's like no one else they could trade where I'll feel any type of way. If Soto gets traded, I will. You know, we'll play Sarah McLaughlin and yeah. and we'll, we'll Titanic. The ship's I going will away. Going away. If you know Josh Bell gets traded, it's going to be fairly well. I'm pulling for that guy. You know what I mean? You keep going. I'm going to keep talking. I don't remember the anymore. Can you give me the next verse? Something, something will remember me too. And remembering, we we got it. That might be the podcast if Soto, our emergency podcast. (laughs) 
He gets traded and he's just screaming with our hands over our heads. Just Sarah McLaughlin. And then just play Sarah McLaughlin for an hour. So Bell's the only other guy that I'll have a feeling for, honestly. And that's a no, some of it's no disrespect to relievers that have been here for seven minutes, like Carl Edwards, good story. But, you know, please return me a prospect that, that makes the major leagues at some point. But I, I won't miss Victor Robles if he gets moved. I won't miss, you know, uh, Cesar Hernandez if he gets moved or or nearly anybody else on the roster, honestly. It's those two guys. Obviously, Soto is in his class by himself. We've been talking about that ad nauseum. But Josh Bell, excellent dude, really good find. This is a, a yet another trade win, I would say, for, for Mike Rizzo and company. All it did was work out. Now, the team Massive crumbled around win. him. Are you yeah. kidding me? The team crumbled around him, but... You know, I will miss Josh Bell, and I'll root for him wherever he goes. Yeah, that trade was a massive win. Not even close. I mean, that was a slam dunk. Uh, yeah, there, there's just, you know, maybe C.J. Edwards. I guess we're doing Carl Edwards Jr. now. Carl Edwards Jr. Is that, I know he's a race car driver. Isn't that also a burger place? Carl's Jr. is. So it's, like, it's like Hardy's no best Edwards? friend. No. It's not Carl Edwards? No. Edwards has nothing to do with Carl's Jr. But Carl, so Carl's Jr. is a, a base is a is a baseball player and a burger place. Carl Edwards Jr. is Carl Edwards is a, a stock car driver who does backflips when he wins. Carl Edwards Jr. pitches for the Nationals. Right. Carl Edwards is a, a is, a, is a race car guy, and then Carl's Jr. is a burger joint. I think that's pretty clear. I would trade Cishik. I would trade Edwards. I would trade Finnegan, who I like and who's good. Uh, you can't trade Rainey because he's hurt. I mean, your boy is having a fire sale. Yeah, is it bolted down? Then, then it's basically for me. It's Ruiz and it's JoJo, and anyone in the system. Ruiz, Gray, and Garcia for me are my three. I guess Luis Garcia too would would be on the can't miss. You know, but but again, I don't think he's like to me. He's he's a good major league second baseman. Ideally, moving mm-hmm. forward, if someone wanted him in a package and I got some crazy stuff back, like I don't hate that. But yeah, in general, you could put him in that. We got three young, controllable major leaguers in D.C. that look like they're going to be part of this thing when they're good again. Yeah. Luis Garcia, everyday major league baseball player, I think could hit you know 280 to 290 with 15 to 20 homers at second base. Definitely play shortstop. Would they move uh, Hernandez? Because that's somebody that we haven't talked about at all, uh, moving. Would they, would they move him? I'm sure they would love to. you got to find a taker. Yeah, what's in demand right now is guys hitting in the 240s with no power. Like that's that's what people want on the trade market. Really, oh my God! Hit one home run, one time with the wind. Hit it off the foul pole inside the park. Maybe a little bloop that someone dives for, and you run all the way around the bases, little league style. Zero, zero. Sorry, back to you guys. How many home runs does he have? Zero. Oh, zero. The right. same as me. I'm so gross. I hit I hit a ball yesterday in softball that didn't get over the fence. It, it I thought I crushed it. It carried. Hit the fence. I'm as close to having a home run in softball as Cesar Hernandez. How did he hit 20 last year? I don't know. Like, I don't know. One of those two things makes sense. He hit 20 last year. He's hitting zero now. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but we'll work it out. It's like a Juan Pierre thing where maybe he's never homered before. You can't hit 20 last year and zero this year. I, I don't get that. But here's how it could work, Darius. He, I believe, has like the fewest errors at second base among everyday players this year. If you need a defense for a second baseman, like, Let's just say you have an awful infield situation. You need a guy who can play multiple positions. They traded as Dribble Cabrera at one point. Yes, they did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm always stunned. I go back last year to at the deadline. Someone came into our studio when we were live on the air during a commercial break four minutes after the deadline and said, 
They traded John Lester. And we thought we were being pranked. We thought this is a prank show. This is a weird thing for the website that we don't get the bit. It's uncomfortable. Like, that's a little bit weirder than if they were to trade Anibal Sanchez right now. <laughs> you know, can you imagine a team saying, we'll give you this for Anibal Sanchez? Uh, they did make one trade, and we told people we would discuss it, so let's do that. Very, very minor. A. Ray Adrianza, gone. Uh, this was his first season in Washington. He got hurt at the beginning of the year, was in AAA. Actually hit pretty well in the minors before getting called up. And he hasn't really hit at the big league level. He's 32 years old. He's got a 179 average with seven runs batted in and 31 games for the Nats this season. They're trading him to Atlanta, which is the big league team he played for before coming to Washington. In fact, he had some success in Atlanta, so they're going to try to recapture that. And the Nats are getting a 26-year-old who was ranked by MLB Pipeline in the top 30 for the Braves, their number 29 prospect uh, back in the deal, Trey Harris. Harris is hitting 238. With a couple home runs, 16 RBI, and four stolen bases in 59 games at AA Mississippi this year. So here's my general feelings on the trade. Anytime I can trade a 30-plus-year-old for a 26-year-old, and I'm the Nats right now, I'm going to do that, number one. Number two, anytime I can trade a 30-plus-year-old who is not going to be on my team next year probably, for someone who's a top 30 prospect in the Atlanta system, I'm going to do it. Take the guys the Braves are developing. Like, this is a success story for them. They drafted this guy in the 32nd round in 2018. They paid him $10,000, and he's now a top 30 prospect in their minor league system. Pretty amazing. So just go to the Dodgers and the, the Cardinals and the Braves and the Rays and see if they'll give you any of their guys that, that aren't going to mean a whole lot to them because they got 10 guys in front yeah, of give them. Give me a dude that's blocked the sky. Exactly. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. It's throwing a dart here. And, and there are certain guys that, you know, even after development, who've, who've come a long way, as, as Harris has, uh, from a really good senior season at Missouri, I believe, where you go, maybe change the scenery. Maybe get a chance to play at higher levels every day and see what happens. You know, I, I, this is very much worth it to me. This is not exactly Lane Thomas, but it's it's that kind of a deal, right? Where, he, you know, Thomas was a fourth outfielder on a team that was pretty competitive. Chance to play more often here in Washington and has been, his, you know, held his own. Looks like he belongs in the major leagues. Maybe you find something like that here down the line with Harris. Harris actually was on his way, it looked like, to becoming a decent little prospect before the pandemic. He hit 302 in his pro debut in 18, and then he hit 325 with some power. Had a nearly a 900 OPS in 2019. Got to double A that year and hit 280 after killing it in A plus ball. Then the pandemic happened. He just hasn't been the same since. 250 last year, 238 this year. Um, so you see if you catch lightning in a bottle here. Um, but he did it once hit 14 homers in a year. We have seen him steal close to double digit bags. His best tool is probably his uh, his speed as an outfielder, but. Uh, you know, minor deal, doesn't mean a whole lot, but for a system that doesn't have a ton, I'll tell you this. He ranks 29th in Atlanta system. He'll rank a lot higher than that in Washington <laughs> system. I'm, I can say that confidently. So I'm fine with a deal like that. Uh, anything else we need to hit on before we get out of here? And we should remind people that if something does happen, we'll do an emergency pod. Frankly, we should, we'll, we'll do something after the deadline one way or the other that we'll post uh Ideally, first thing on Wednesday for you. Yeah, so if something doesn't happen, that's reviewable. If something does happen, certainly that, that will call for a podcast. We'll review the trade deadline as it is later on this week. But uh, I, I think we've pretty much covered it for today. It's, we're, we're all on Soto Watch. I and mean, again, it's I'm 
I'm running around without any real clues to what's going on. Wherever the latest thing I read is kind of what I believe at the most or, or at the time. So this whole thing has been so confusing. It's honestly been emotional, you know, just every time another guy is gone. And it's a reminder as we record this today on Monday, Max Scherzer, you know, that Max Scherzer is going to pitch against the Nationals at Nationals Park. It's a reminder of how truly long ago 2019 was. Just with who's left, who remains, the state of the organization, how far they've fallen, the fact that they're about to be sold. So many things are swirling around that have nothing to do with that run of 90-plus win seasons that we saw culminating in a world championship in 2019. It's just these you know, these kind of little occasional slaps in the face to remind you that this ain't then. No, it is not. I will enjoy being at the ballpark on this homestand against the Mets. Try to see Max pitch. We get the pleasure, by the way, of a return of Jacob deGrom as well. He picked us. Which is always Wasn't fun. that neat? That's great. Wasn't that kind of him? Nothing like seeing Jacob deGrom in your home ballpark shoving it in his return, which I'm sure is going to happen. And we'll be at the ballpark on Wednesday, so Bustin' Loose baseball fans come by and say hi pregame if you're going to be there at the ballpark on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. A little 405 first pitch. Oh, that's Absolutely. right. A little day piece. Yeah. How about us? I dig that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, do we have any reviews that we want to read before we get out of here, Darius? We absolutely do, Grant. We actually have a couple of reviews. Here's one from C.B. Thar, I want to say. C.B. Thar. Let's Thar. go with that. C.B. Thar. Uh, he says, love the Nats. You'll love this podcast. Grant and Danny bring their love for baseball and all things Nats to each episode of Bust and Lose. Mm. They've been particularly excellent in covering the Juan Soto yeah. trade brouhaha. They have been. <laughs> C.B. Thar. A little uh, baseball chat for him. There we go. No. Ah, C.B. Thar. Oh, 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 Take that. We got to go take that. He said uh, they've been particularly excellent covering this Juan Soto trade brouhaha, making this fan far more educated on the ins and outs of trades, mega million dollar contracts, and what the Nats need to do in order to be consistently a winning team. So thank you to CB Now, I got another one here. We're going to have to break this one down a little bit. Uh-oh. All right. So it starts with Love the Show. I'll tell you who it's from after. Okay. Starts with, love the show. The Jackson Tetro interview was spectacular. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. a while back. I can't even, I don't know, maybe like episode 12, 13. Uh, months know, ago, yeah, wasn't months it? Months ago. He, I will say he was tremendous and it was and he spectacular. Was. He was great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he says, a footloose and fancy free talk with, with a real kid and not a multi-million dollar stiff. Hmm. You have to get this guy back on soon. One of the best real talk interviews I've ever heard with any sports figure and a rookie at that. It's unfortunate that he's already that he's on the sixty day uh, IL right now, right when the Nats needed a new exciting face 
uh, during these troubling times with the team. A potential fan favorite for sure. Wow. Now, the person okay. that wrote that goes by the name of Kurt Tetra. Not Kirk. Kurt. Kurt. Now, what was the name of the player? Jackson Tetra. What's the name of the reviewer? Kurt Tetra. Okay. Now I'm Googling Jackson Tetro. Now the review didn't have much to do with us, if you guys noticed that. It, it did it, not. It was, it was like, a lot of Tetro. <laughs> no, I like Jackson Tetro. That was a, I thought he was awesome. That was really cool to talk to him. So a quick Google search says his father, Kurt Tetro, okay. was one of his baseball Now how's it spelled? As well as a local tennis pro. C-U-R-T Kurt. It's spelled C-U-R-T Kurt. But see, here's what I think. So one of two things is happening. <laughs> Either Kurt Tetro, Jackson's dad, hit us up to say that he loved the Jackson Tetro interview. Uh, Tetro, Tetro, and that we uh, we need to get him back on, and he's the man, or someone's bidding us. You feel like we're being bidded? I don't think we are. I, I mean, I could definitely see like our buddy Phil Laverier doing this to us. <laughs> I could see like you just Google who his dad is. I mean, is there any like is there a profile there? Is it just like a, it could have been made yesterday thing? It is a rather blank profile okay. with uh, seven See, that, friends. That smells like a bit. But keep in mind, as as an awkward dad, I wouldn't know how to populate my profile. I don't even know what profile we're clicking on. Now it does have seven is friends, it? and two of them are are Tetros. Ooh, that swings the pendulum back. To yeah. I think that's a dad who's so leaving what, a review about his son. When I say what profile, like, is this? Where do these messages come from? Is this like an Apple thing or is this? So this is actually through our Facebook page. Message us on the Grant and Danny Facebook page. Wow. Yeah, which we post clips of the show uh, on there pretty uh, week to week. So, yeah. Interesting. Totally possible that Kurt Tetro found us on there. Well, if this is Papa Kurt Tetro, maybe we'll have to have him on as a guest to talk about what it's like to have your son pitch in the big league. I think regardless, we give him a little baseball chatter. Hey, Kurt Tetro. Way to support your boy, Kurt. Hey, a little you know, bit of mystery on your idea. Okay. Who could it be now, boy? If, if it's uh, someone giving us a bit like Phil Leverrier or Richmond John, that's okay too. Hey, now, hey, now. That's uh, a good bit. Let's see it, Richmond John. Hey, Just go with a bit. Good, I'm, I'm good with a good bit. I think it's funny. This either way, tip of the cap. Yeah, Absolutely. Right? Exactly. Great effort, or if it's, it's Mr. Tetro. <laughs> if it's Jackson's papa, great. If it's Richmond John, also really funny. Yeah. You know? Either way, you did your thing. All right, so there you go. That's how you get a review read. Uh, you have to say something nice about us, or in that case, a guest we had on, and we will read it. For Danny and Darius, I'm Grant saying so long. We are back at it. Soon as something happens with the Nats, at worst, you will hear from us Wednesday morning.